For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Believe in Northwestern Football podcast, a new podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. Do you believe? I am Peter Warren, and I am once again joined by my co-host, former All-Big Ten wide receiver Jeremy Ebert. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Peter, doing well, man. It's nice to uh, to talk after a win than a loss, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely a lot, you know. Despite, you know, a big win, 39 points, a lot more smiles in the postgame presser this week than normal. So that's always, always great to see. As I mentioned, 39-point win, 45-6 to over UMass this past Saturday. Jeremy, what are your sort of initial thoughts after that game? Uh, I think like we talked about earlier, I think, you know, we didn't start off well as a whole. I, I think mentally we, we weren't there. I mean, the first quarter was kind of a joke. Um, it was uh, almost laughable um watching it um you know UMass who who shouldn't even be on the same you know playing field as as Northwestern just uh they hung in and and made it made us look really bad I thought so um not not our strongest performance especially in the first quarter but I did like how we finished um in this in the first half in the second half we really um you know dominated the line of scrimmage uh which we should have and um you know we at least finished the halves uh you know fairly well yeah, I mean, you make a great point there. Uh, first quarter, obviously, nothing to write home about. Nothing really great that happened in that quarter. But, I mean, you mentioned after that, they didn't sort of let that poor first 15 minutes get them down. Second half was much stronger. Second quarter was much stronger. They really started to, especially behind, you know, Evan Hull at running back, really started to run away from UMass and sort of use, you know, it's you mentioned strength on the offensive line, you know, just strength at the skill positions to really – put the game to sleep early in the third quarter and when in the first quarter looked like this could be, you know, upset central. Yeah. And that's when you start out the game, you're like, this can't be happening. Um, you know, but I'd have to, you know, pull my hat off to Evan Hall. I mean, we, nobody, I don't think was expecting him to have the game he had. Um, I think, you know, we both talked about, you know, uh, a breakout game for uh, Drake Anderson, but really it was, the, it was the Evan Hall show all day. Yeah. I mean, 220 uh, yards on the ground, 24 carries, four touchdowns. I mean, first start ever. I mean, sure, it's against UMass, but that's – shout out to Evan Hull. I mean, you, you've been in a situation like that where it's your first start ever, even if it's against UMass. You know, there's going to be nerves, and he just sort of really stabilized the offense where nobody nobody else at skill position-wise really stood out and made plays. It was really Evan Hull who carried the offense all day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, averaging almost ten yards a carry, I think that uh, that just speaks volumes, man. He was uh, seeing the holes and hitting them. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. What a great game! It's fun to watch. Yeah, no, it was definitely in my mind best offensive performance, no doubt, the season so far. But as we, you know, give and rightful praise to Evan, Aiden Smith at QB today played three quarters, 
you know, first, second, and third. And it was, it was not a very, to say the least, not a very stout performance from the junior. Yeah, I mean, threw the ball only 13 times, um, completing seven of them, all seven of them going to Riley Lease. You know, didn't really spread the ball out too much. Um, obviously, the two interceptions in the beginning of the game were just just not not a great way to start the game and build confidence on. Um, but that's kind of the MO of Northwestern when we play, a, uh, you know, a smaller tier uh, school. Like, um, we, we, try to, we try to really just dominate the line of scrimmage and run the ball. And I think that's just uh, been, you know, McCall's kind of MO – um, when we play like out of conference teams that are, um, I would say a subdivision or, you know, like a Mac or, or something like that, they, they really just try to dominate the line of scrimmage because we have, we have, we're bigger than, you know, <laughs> the line's finally bigger than, uh, you know, a big, rather than like a big 10 opponent where we're, you know, kind of on the smaller side when it comes to offense and defensive line there, we kind of should dominate the line of scrimmage and we kind of take full advantage of it. Yeah. And you deserve a shout out. You called it last week on the podcast saying, you know, expect a lot of running and you were right. And I think the big thing with Aiden is just that he just didn't look comfortable at all. And like we saw some growth against Purdue that really, you know, we were thinking, you know, maybe this is really him turning around. We were excited. I think we were a little excited after Purdue. We're like, okay, let's go. But Yeah, especially after, I mean, you compare it to two first quarters. I mean, first quarter against Purdue, driving down the field, you know, scoring points this and that, and then, you know, two interceptions, one bad throw across the field, you know, the second interception where he got, the ball got swatted at, at the line, like, a little fluky, but, I mean, still, it's just sort of one of those things where it's like, and I think kind of Fitz mentioned this in the post-game presser, he said, you know, we thought about benching him after after that first quarter, and it just sort of, it sort of encapsulates the whole season where it's like, you know, you get great performance from running at the running back position. You know, wide receivers, super backs, I mean, not really a lot for them to do. They sort of did what they had to. Offensive line was good. But once again, the quarterback position fell flat. Against UMass, it didn't really matter. UMass is, you know, one of the worst teams in the country, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But, I mean, you throw that performance against any team in the Big Ten, you know, the scores might be reversed. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, like – I, it, I just don't think Aiden has a lot of confidence going into into this next week in Minnesota. It's just like he, you know, he struggled, and then you know, saying that we were thinking about benching him, like after the first quarter. I mean, that's just the confidence of this quarterback has just got to be dwindled. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for him to bounce back because this this next week against Minnesota, we're going to need him to step up in a big way because Minnesota's front is not going to let us run the ball all over him like we did UMass. It's going to be we're going to have to make some plays on the, over in the air. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I mean, you know, jump a little bit ahead, but Minnesota, obviously a great team. You're going to have to use – it can't just be one phase against them like you did against UMass. It's got to be all, you know, all phases, all three phases, and on offense, it's got to be, you know, you got to have a balance and a mix of both to really win. Because, I mean, I mean, Minnesota they might have lost just, you know, to Iowa this past week, but, I mean, they are they're one of the best teams in the country right now, and they are going to not want to have two consecutive losses and sort of ruin – What's been a dream dream season for them? Oh yeah, it's like the uh, best season they've had since what, like nineteen oh eight or something like that. Yeah, the start was first best start since nineteen oh four. Nineteen oh four, yeah. That's I mean they're on a hot ride. I mean PJ Flex got them got them playing hard, and then I mean the only thing we could say is uh, you know Minnesota's you know quarterback being you know dinged up um, that could be you know playing our favor. I don't 
know much about the backup for Minnesota, but you know, whenever you lose a starting quarterback and a leader like that, um, that that's going to play in our favor. Um, we, I don't know if we officially know if he's going to be in or out yet at this time, but, um, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of, kind of nuts to see. Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Jumping back a little bit. What'd you see from the defense against UMass? Anything? Obviously, a great performance holding him to six points, but is there anything that you really stuck out to you? I think we we kind of thought that it, that it was going to happen. Um, we talked about that last week. Like we we figured they would play stout. Um, I didn't honestly shutting them out in the whole second half. I thought was fantastic. You know, um, you know that's normally like this season. You know, we just kind of never know. Um, but they they played a big, in a big way, and I think that's because we got them off the field. You know, our, our offense established drives and, and got the defense off. So they were actually, you know, rested and ready to roll um, and not out there the entire game like they normally are right now. So, yeah, it was great to see. I thought they just they played overall stout overall. I mean, Blake had a great interception. I mean, it was just um, it was an overall great performance by everyone on the defense. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And I mean, you know, even though it's UMass, you know, holding a team to six points, especially when your team's scoring so much that they get more and more possessions and you start bringing the backups, like, you know, shout out to the defense. You know, Dave, this is something they deserve to sort of like have a game like this where you don't have to worry as much, especially in the second half and sort of ha- be a little more loose, have some fun and just sort of, you know, not have to worry about, you know, holding the team in the game when the offense finally, you know, made some plays and gave them some. Exactly. Play. Yeah. We weren't dependent upon our defense about winning this game, which was, which was nice for once. So, um, yeah, but they overall, I mean, just holding them after the interception, holding them to a field goal. I mean, they were just overall all day. They, they came ready to play, which they which they have, you know, week in and week out. And even looking at special teams, I mean, Chris Bergen with the with the block field, with Joe Gaziano with the block field goal, which Chris Bergen returned for 85 yards. I mean, like you said, people always say all three phases to win a game. Northwestern got all three phases for the first time all yeah, season. Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't couldn't have said it better, man. They they made plays when they needed to make plays, and um, we we've been missing that this year. So it was uh, it was nice to see it come together, you know, for one game this year. What do you think the, the atmosphere in the locker room was like after that? I mean, game? looking on social media, it looks like they were having fun, man, and they should. You know, I mean, a win's a win. Doesn't matter how you get it. Um, and um, they, I mean, they should be proud. They they put up forty five points and uh, and a dominating win, although it started off a little shaky um they should celebrate i mean that's 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 the best part about winning is celebrating with those brothers in the locker room and having a good time so um um it's just uh now now let's build off it you know like uh they they got a taste of it um you know hopefully that they could take that little momentum and that that fun in that locker room and 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 move it on to next week yeah no I, i totally agree with you i mean even though it's you know not the big high highest profile win I mean, you haven't won in two months. Even if they had won the previous week, you guys, you know, when you win, that's a big accomplishment, you know, especially in college football these days. It's so tough. It's so tough to win. You know, you just, teams deserve to celebrate their victories. And I'm glad, you know, they did. And, you know, in the pressers, Chris Berg and Joe Gosris, like, you know, just a great feeling. We really missed it. And uh, shout out to them for really, you know, they got the job done. They got the win. They should celebrate. You know, shout out to them for for sticking with it, staying the course. You know, I mean, they could have, everyone could have, you know, thrown the towel in a few weeks back when they knew we were making a bowl game. But you know, they continued to play and battle. I mean, they battled with Purdue to the very end, and they just continue to battle. And you got to take your hats off to, although it's not a great season by any stretch of the imagination, 
they're still out there playing and they're playing hard and um and you got to take your hats off to them yeah would you say that's sort of your your number one takeaway from the game is that you know the northwestern still playing hard still you know going out there every absolutely every and i think i mean you gotta you gotta take it off to the coaches for for keeping these guys motivated you know it, it's gotta be tough i mean being now two and eight with two games left and uh coming out ready to play every week um, they still got a lot to play for, man. I mean, they could knock off a, a Minnesota team that's, you know, highly ranked and highly respected across the country. And then, you know, you got a rivalry game to end the season. So there's still a ton to play for, uh, you know, for these cats. And hopefully they can, um, you know, keep this momentum rolling into the next week. Yeah. And you make a great point, you know, looking forward to Minnesota and Illinois. And this is something, you know, a bunch of us reporters were talking about on Monday at, at, at the, the pre-week presser is that Evan Hull, you know, we talked about him, amazing game, great performance. He's got three games under his belt. So he gets one more game mm-hmm. and he can still redshirt. And I would assume, you know, makes sense not to burn him for these last two games. Which game would you have him play? Which game would you have him sit? I mean, I think you got to look at injuries and, and, you know, what it is. Um, you know, I think if, if we can get some guys back for the Illinois game and – you know, we need Evan this week. I think we use Evan. I think, you know, you you try to win this this next week, and then from there you build off off the following. If Evan's going to give us the best opportunity to win this week, then I think you, you keep rolling with him, especially with the hot hand, man. Don't want to don't want to take that that ball away from him right now. No, I mean that's a that's a great point. I'm sort of I'm leaning towards Illinois. Oh, it's the rivalry game. Know, I get it. I especially, get it. it just feels like, especially especially if Minnesota, you know, comes out. And scores, you know, you know, blows them out early on. Like you feels like not that'd be a waste, but it's like, all right, now you can't use them for the for the rivalry game. I would probably save them for just because I think, you know, if Minnesota was undefeated, I think it's a totally different story. You have a chance to, you know, upset a team that'd be, you know, top six in the country. I think you have to play them. But now Minnesota has the one loss. You know, now firmly farther out of the playoff picture. I think you, I would personally probably sit him, save him for Illinois, just because that game you can actually win something. You win a trophy, you know. You continue to hold the land of Lincoln Trophy. It that just feels like, especially for like a season that has been lost. I feel like that's sort of something tangible that the team can be like, all right, guys, you know, wasn't our best year. We came out, we ended strong, we got this trophy. Let's I see where you're going with that, 100. percent And and I I just don't know if you could do that if you if if you take the you know the ball out of the hot hand like he sits out a week then what you know it's just it's it's a tough thing to do you know to sit out two weeks and then come back and play um, especially like you know the Illinois games because there's a ton of emotion in it but um, I mean it's just it's it's tough for me I think Minnesota we have a great shot I mean if their quarterbacks out um you know they play a type of, of an offense that our defense is great against you know they're they're downhill you know they got uh, obviously some big talented receivers but um I, I feel like you know with our front seven against their front seven on offense we really can uh, shut them down and I think I think we have a great opportunity this week if, if we execute the way we need to now you make it's gonna. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm not the coaching staff on this one because this is a this is a tough decision. I feel I like, think, especially if you want to. I do too, and I think it's, shirt, it's just that's one of these new sense. rules that kind of just you know this was never a thing back when I was playing. It was just like I remember we played Illinois like the second to the last game, and they had to burn Kane Coulter's red shirt. Um, 
So it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's a new rule. It's just, it's tough to manage. Um, you know, especially with, with the injuries we have at running back position right now, it's, you know, it, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be hard to sit him against Minnesota because <laughs> we do have so many injuries like we talked about last week. So it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And especially, I mean, you know, Drake Anderson pretty much like he got benched this past week too, because of his, you know, fumbles. And I mean, against a scout Minnesota defense, that's probably trying to punch the ball out. That's also, you know, that's also a risk there. It'll be fascinating to really see, see what happens in this game and sort of what happens at that position. Cause I don't think we'll see Isaiah Bowser again this year. That's just me speculating. I think there's no need. He's been banged up all season. I think you just sort of let him rest it out. There's no need to have a, an 80% Isaiah Bowser come back and do 15 carries, especially when he keeps getting knocked up every time he comes in. I think, you know, John Moden said on Facebook he retired. So I think that's, you know, that's not really an option. Jesse Brown, haven't heard about Jesse Brown in a while. I think he's probably out for the year. And it's just like, I mean, it, it's crazy to think about Dave, a position that seemed very stout, you know, very full heading into the season has literally come down to, you know, a redshirt freshman, a true freshman, and pretty much your your top your top gunner on on special teams. Yeah, I mean, and you had like who, who else had, had the most carries? Uh, was it Raymond Nero, the freshman? He had seven carries, forty five yards as well, and a touchdown. I mean, it's it's gonna be weird to see who who steps up this week. Is it is are they gonna get Drake back Drake back in there? They're gonna keep Evan Hall. Like those two are our healthiest options right now. And then maybe they burn Evan Hall's, you know, shirt just because of injuries and they, and they need him. You know, you just never, we don't really know what's going to happen, but it would, it would be nice to hold on to Evan for another year after that performance last week. Uh, I totally agree. I totally agree. And also you mentioned, you mentioned this earlier, but Tanner Morgan just, just looked it up. He's still in concussion protocol after, you know, getting hit at the end of the game against Iowa. So I guess say he's questionable at least. What? How big of a difference is it if Tanner Morgan can't play on Saturday? I think it's a huge difference. I mean, you lose first off just his leadership alone. He's you know a captain, you know of, of the team. He's one of the most prolific passers right now and players in NCAA. If you look at the stats and the QB QBR, he's he's right up there. So losing him is huge. Um, now, is I think that that sets our defense up for a great deal of success if we come ready to play because they're going to try to pound it down our throats then. And um, I feel like our front seven have, have showed up week in and week out of stopping the run. And that's always been our, our go-to. And if you got a backup, you know, play caller, which, you know, we, we know that it's not always going to be great with Purdue, you know, <laughs> throwing all over us, but uh, <laughs> it, it, give, it gives us a shot. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, you know, Tanner's been one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, you know, as you mentioned all this, with all the stats, QBR. And I think just having him out compounded with the fact they just lost, it's like double downer. You know, they got Wisconsin coming up next week. I think there's – this could be sort of a little bit of a trap game where it's like you try not to get injuries, you try to stay healthy, you try to do all this stuff. And if Northwestern – which is, you know, they strung to all year, but they come out hot, you know, couple, you know, they do well in the first quarter. I think, especially if Tanner Morgan's out, that could really be sort of like a gut punch to Minnesota that they might not be able to get back from. All right, exactly. No, I totally agree with you as well, man. I think that's, it's going to be, 
it's going to be an interesting showdown. That's for sure. It's just, uh, I feel like whoever comes out ready to play, um, you know, I could see Minnesota having, you know, still being down after the loss, losing their leader. Like you said, just, it, it could, um, uh, be a trap game. Like exactly like you said, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens here. Talking about the quarterbacks on one side, you talk about the quarterbacks for Northwestern. We mentioned Aiden, you know, not doing well against UMass. We saw Andrew Marty come in. We saw Zach Krause come in, the, the true freshman, getting a couple of reps. We saw Jason Whitaker doing a little bit of a wildcat formation. We didn't see any Hunter Johnson. Apparently, he's sort of now down on the depth chart after the injuries. I, would, I guess I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't expect to see him the rest of the year. But sort of going off all that, you know, Fitz was asking the presser this week about the quarterback situation, the quarterback room. And he had he had some very – he came in a little hot with the takes. I'm just going to read some of what he said here. Uh, he was asked about what's going to happen to sort of fix the issue at quarterback. He said, and I quote, it starts with preparation. It's obvious that some of our guys did not do the things they needed to do to prepare for the season. That showed and manifested itself pretty quickly. Roles change. Roles change dramatically for some guys. Obviously, the production – lack thereof is a statement of preparation. So I think it starts there. And well, then I think, I think what he's saying the there though is, is, you know, behind Hunter and, and green, those guys just thought, you know, they were going to lapse through this through the year and, you know, not have to play a football game. So they didn't take camp and, and preparation as good as they should have. And maybe that's why we're seeing struggles in the quarterback room is, you know, they're, they're not taking their camp time and their preparation like like a starter would. So they're 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 rolling through the you know the motions and not getting better, which is what they should do. They should be pre- preparing week in and week out like they're the starter because you don't know what's going to happen. I think that that's that's shown up this year. So I think that's where where Fitz is getting at is maybe some guys were were taking it easy in the in the background here and not really um, preparing like they should have. Yeah, no, that's really interesting because I know a lot of like what people are saying after this was sort of saying it's about mostly about Hunter Johnson. And I'll, I'll read a few more quotes later that sort of like go with that. But it is interesting that like, is it obviously, you know, I, I wonder how tough it is as quarterback, where it's like, you know, as a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, a linebacker, there's much more sort of turnover. It's not the right word, but there's much more of a rotation where it's like, if you're a QB and like you're fourth or, or fifth string on the depth chart, like, the odds of you actually getting into into meaningful games is a lot less. And I just wonder how tough that can be for maybe a guy like Aiden in his fourth year in the program. You know, nobody really seems to, you know, nobody coming to you thought he'd ever really see the field. And, you know, I just feel like it might be tough for – It's tough, but you like have that. to mentally prepare. I mean, at this year, in, you know, in, in the program, he should have the offense down by the back of his hand. He should know all of his hot reads inside and out by just the amount of film and practice that – he's seen and watched his mentally at this part of his program. Like he's been here for so many years, that should be a no brainer. And then obviously, you know, game speed is different than practice speed. So getting the game reps, it's just going to take a little time, but as many plays and as many starts as he's had now, I mean, you, you, you would expect him to be a lot better than where he is at at his progression. Um, You know, and and I think that, Maybe Fitz is alluding to like maybe back in Kenosha or wherever you know camp that he wasn't really preparing like he he probably should have this year, and I think that's that's what was showing up on the film and then showing up on the field here on Saturdays. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. He talked, you know, I asked him about it. He said, he mentioned, I asked what was sort of the big thing that I haven't done to prepare. And he said, it just goes back to the off season. And that's all he'd say. But I think the real fascinating thing looking back is sort of the off season. And I'd be fascinated to know like what really happened. Cause I know, cause he mentioned this, and this is one of his other big quotes. He said, this is what Fitz said in the presser quote. It's funny. I sat here in the preseason and everybody told me who my starting quarterback was, and nobody listened to me. I was pretty adamant that there was an ongoing quarterback battle going on. And now, obviously, I was correct. It's my fault, so I'll accept that responsibility. That's just the way it goes. So it's just, it's just, I'm just fascinated to like be in that room and like really see the dynamics happening and why we are at the struggles we're at right now. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you know everyone in the media and everyone on the outside just – you got this, you know, number one recruit in the nation coming in. Like, he's going to start right away. Well, it doesn't always work out like that. I think, um, you know, losing Trent Green w- was huge for us because I think he was a leader. Um, he's been in the program forever. He knew the, you know, the offense inside and out. He made some big starts, some, made some big wins for us. And I think um, I think losing him really hurt. Um, and um, I think that's just – that's shown with the struggles that Hunter had and then – you know, as we move down the depth chart, I just don't think the guys were, were ready to step up and step in. Yeah. What do you think? Because Fitz said this week, you know, that's the number one priority for the offseason is going to be fixing that room. How do you fix it? Well, someone's got to step up and be a leader. And someone's got to take, you know, someone's got to step up and they want to be the starting quarterback. And they're they're going to have to step up and, and, and take that role, take that responsibility and act like it. And, uh, you know, be there day in and day out and put in the work to get better. Uh, I think, you know, I, I was I was lucky enough that, you know, Dan Persa was the hardest working person on our on our football team. And uh, I got lucky enough to see him. And, and he it's just as, as hard as he worked, he rubbed off on everyone else. He made everyone else better. And you're going to have to the, – the quarterback's the leader of your offense. So for someone to step up and be that role, they're, they're going to – they've got some big shoes to fill, but they're going to have to want it. And, um, you know, that hard work and that effort is going to rub off on everyone else. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're young or old. It doesn't it, – it, maybe it's the freshman coming in. It doesn't matter. It's whoever wants it and works hard is, is the one that's going to earn it and, and get the respect of the rest of the team. And, um, you know, I think that's just going to be – we're just going to see who wins it. I think whoever steps up in the offseason and, and takes the reins and really wants to, you know, put those shoes on and be the big boy is, is going to get it. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's going to be, you know, fascinating to really see what happens with that room. I mean, you mentioned, you know, incoming freshman. Uh, Aiden Atkinson is a, sort of a gunslinger out of Colorado. He's got a bunch of passing records. I mean, I know there are some people who are really excited for what he might be able to do in the program. I don't know if they'd start him as a true freshman, but, I mean, he's going to – I think he's really going to energize that room. And there's still a chance. There's still a chance, you know, T.J. Green comes back. And, you know, he could – theoretically apply for a medical red shirt i haven't heard we haven't heard anything on that front but i mean if he comes back that's gonna it'll be fascinating to see how that dynamic works out yeah absolutely and um i mean obviously it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with like every year i mean the coaching carousel is gonna gonna happen and i don't know if that's it hasn't happened at northwestern you know we haven't had a lot of coaching changes but at the end of the year you don't know if that's gonna affect you know the room either and, who, and who's gonna be the next you know next qb to step up so it's it's going to be interesting this year. I think um, this off season should be a fun one, um, and you know, hopefully, uh, 
you know, a leader arises from the ashes <laughs> and we could kind of forget about this season and move on to the next. No, nah, I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. But even before, before we move on to end it, we still got, you know, it's Minnesota game. What is, what are you looking for on the defensive side to sort of, for them to step up? So the defensive side, sorry, broke up there. Yeah. Well, defensive I think side. the defense, I mean, depending on who the quarterback is, we're, we're going to have to shut down their, their big, tall athletic wide receivers because, they have just been absolutely crushing it lately. Um, and we're going to have to eliminate big plays. We're just going to have to keep them in front of us because they've been thriving off the big plays. Um, and if the backup quarterback's in, you know they're going to try to you know dominate the line of scrimmage and establish the run game. So we're going to have to shut that out and then basically just lock out their two two stud wide receivers and and hopefully you know create a few turnovers. And uh, you know having a quarterback that's only thrown a few balls this year, I think, helps our chances of creating some turnovers. So um, that's that's my game plan. <laughs> if I'm the, if I'm the freaking Northwestern DC, yeah, no, I think that's a, you know you made a lot of great points in there. I think, I mean, you're right on all fronts. I mean, they have a lot of athletic, you know, great wide receivers that you know really got to be shut down. You know, you got to really take advantage of the line of scrimmage. I think my thing would be interested to see is like sort of. If it's if it is that backup quarterback, you mentioned it's sort of like try to get some turnovers. Really, sort of because I think the issue sort of against Purdue was that you know we got turnovers, but like it was there wasn't as much capitalization off those turnovers. I think you know you know backup quarterbacks, you know a couple of turnovers suddenly you know they go down, score touchdowns, you know potential 10, 14 point swing if they were you know in the red zone. I think that really can get into. Uh, uh, backup quarterback's head, you know, a guy with less experience. And I think against Purdue, they got the turnovers, but they didn't, you know, exploit and capitalize on them as well as they could have. And I think that's something they should look at. Yeah, in this game. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think we have the, – the thing is, is, I don't even know if we know the backup quarterback. Is it going to be Jacob Clark or is it going to be, you know, Cole Kramer? I, I don't know if we, we – they really, really don't know who that quarterback's going to be, um, you know, and – I think the, they have three pass attempts between the between the two of them on the year, so it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Um, I think there's just going to be a great opportunity for our defense to step up and make plays, hopefully. Um, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's going to be wild. <laughs> one, I agree. One thing, one thing I was wondering about during the week is during this week, sort of, does it matter to Northwestern if Minnesota? comes in with one loss or undefeated is because I, I was sort of thinking like if an undefeated team's coming to my place potential for a national championship I might be a little more hyped up a little more you know fired up to really try to break that whereas now they have one loss it's a little it's a little different yeah I think you know obviously it's if you have an undefeated team who would who would probably be I mean top five in the country top six coming into your you know coming in and, and playing I mean it's a big time game and um, you know, to to make a, a stand and, and step up and, and get a big win like that on a, on a down year would be, you know, absolutely, you know, phenomenal. I think still this is a this would be a huge win for our program as a whole and just the overall, you know, motivation as, as to going into to next season. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's, you know, an undefeated team. You have a little bit more pop in your step that week. You know, you know, you're going to you're going to get the best. And, um, you know, it's it's. It's a little bummer they lost to Iowa. It was a great game, but um, it's still it's still a great opportunity for the for the Cats this week, and hopefully they could pull out a little magic. Yeah, 
What's what's your X factor for this game? I think the X factor is is shutting down Bateman and Johnson on on the outside. I think. I mean, you got two nine hundred plus yard receivers, um, you know, and they got two games left. So I mean, two one thousand yard receivers potentially um, shutting them down is, is going to be huge. They're going to try to find some creative ways to get them the ball. Um, I think Bateman's averaging over twenty yards a catch. So it's just it's going to be shutting those two guys down on the outside, and then um, you know, obviously stopping the run. Yeah, no, I think those are there are some great X factors. I'll put mine at sort of the wide receivers, superbacks for Northwestern. I mean, obviously, you know, not why? Why? Because only one person catches the ball. <laughs> Riley Lease is Riley Lease is the only one, man. Personally, you know, I never played football. I was never a wide receiver, but I can imagine, you know, especially against a game like that. Obviously, you know, knowing in the game, the game plan would be a lot of rushing. If I'm one of those starting wide receivers and I'm not Riley Lee's, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little perturbed. I didn't get any, you know, catches. I didn't, you know, got one or two targets. I, you know, I'd probably come out this game wanting to make a couple plays and really, you know, get that ball. So I think if they sort of come out with a little bit of energy, and you can sort of tell me if I'm if I'm right in my assumption here, but I think they could, you know, they could it could be interesting to see if they really go out and make some big plays. Yeah, I think I mean we're gonna have to make some plays in the passing game for sure. Um so someone's going to have to step up um, and make some plays. And, you know, Riley's been the guy this year. And, I mean, he had all the catches last week, which obviously we didn't throw the ball a ton. But um, someone's going to have to step up on the outside and make a play. And then it just that's the great thing about, you know, being a wide receiver is, you know, you break one tackle and it's basically no one else in front of you. So hopefully we could we could step up and make a big play and um, the wideouts can, um, you know, make me proud. Well, what's your what's your prediction for this game? I think it's going to be low scoring if the quarterback is out. I think it's going to be a 14-10 battle. I think it's going to be ugly. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnovers. Um, I, I don't know which way to sway. I think Minnesota's probably going to be the favorites. But um, I want to say the Cats got a, an actual shot of, of pulling this off if they come ready to play and they, sh- they shut down the Minnesota offense. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think this is definitely, for me, I think this game could be really big for Northwestern. You mentioned it could be a big momentum booster. It could be really big for the program, getting a you know, victory over a team just on the precipice of the top 10. I think though Minnesota pulls it out in the end. I think they sort of know they'll come out. You know, I think Northwestern could enter the fourth quarter with a lead, but I think Minnesota has a sort of a lot more to play for, and they'll really hype up. You know, try to be prepared for that fourth quarter. Give me, give me Minnesota seventeen to ten. I agree with you. Will be low scoring. Minnesota's still playing for that Big Ten championship game too. Exactly, exactly, and that's why I think even with Tanner out, even with the loss, they still have a lot to play for. And I mean, if theoretically they went out, they could still have a shot at the CFP, especially if they beat. Ohio, I mean, Ohio State's going to be, you know, one heck of a challenge in the, in the Big Ten championship game. But I think they sort of know that. And I think they might come out sluggish to start. But I think by the end, that sort of mindset will be back in their heads. And they'll pull Absolutely. The yeah. uh, and, you know, P.J. Flex is going to have him ready to play. And, um, you know, and that's just that's just the way he is. He's got his cleats on, you know. So, P.J. is probably ready to play too. So, um, they'll, they'll be ready to play. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. And, um, you know, hopefully the Cats can, can pull off a little miracle. 
Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great to see, especially for all those fans still showing up at 11 a.m. for Ryan Field on Saturday. Yep, yep. Bless them, man. It's not gonna be the not gonna be the warmest game, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, thank thank you guys all for listening. We really appreciate uh, all the support. You know, you can follow us on any sort of streaming platform: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, all of that. You know, give us a five star review or give us gives us you know help us we want to get better and your reviews we really do appreciate them and like listening and reading them and trying to get better uh you know follow us on follow us on our social media follow us on twitter uh you know we're still providing updates going to give you the best northwestern content you can um for jeremy ebert i'm peter warren uh enjoy your weekend and go cats go cats man For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.